0: Welcome to the Adoption Connection Podcast, where we share resources by and for adoptive and foster moms. I'm Lisa Qualls. And this is Melissa Corkum.
1: Don't worry, we get it and we're here for you. Hey Lisa, welcome to episode 29.
0: Hey Melissa, it's good to see you this morning. How are you?
1: Good. So talk about birthdays in your house. What are the fun things that you do to celebrate birthdays?
0: Well, probably our longest running traditions are that the birthday kid gets to pick out any kind of sweet junky cereal that they want, because that's sort of a special treat. And so they get to pick that out and share that with their siblings. It's not just for them. It's for everybody. I was just going to ask,
1: like, what happens with the rest of the cereal if they can only eat it on their birthday? Like, do they get to eat the whole box?
0: Uh, well, between all the kids, it doesn't take long. So yeah, they don't get to eat it themselves. So it's it's for the family that they're choosing it. And then they choose the birthday dinner menu. And within reason, I'll cook whatever they want. It can even be kind of a weird combination. Like, I don't know, I think one of my kids once had spaghetti and meatballs with tater tots or something, you know, something weird. But um, yeah, I'll make whatever they want for dinner. And they can invite one friend for dinner if they want to, or, you know, I suppose maybe somebody's had two, but generally speaking, a friend, and then, of course, they can choose whatever birthday cake they want, and a lot of the kids have liked making the cakes with me, so we sometimes do that as well. Otherwise, we do keep it simple. We don't do a lot of over-the-top. We keep it pretty simple. How about you?
1: Yeah, well, I was laughing at simple because with the size family you have, like, you Just imagine if you did like big birthday parties for everyone. It would be like your whole life.
0: Oh, yeah. In fact, we developed when the kids were young, they got a birthday party with friends when they were 5, 10, and 15. And we pretty much stuck with that. Every once in a while, my younger kids will feel a little deprived about that. But, you know, it just, when you have as many kids as we have, that was just realistic.
1: No, I get it. We actually have only really done first birthdays for our kids, kids by birth, and then our first son, PJ, got birthdays like kind of little friend parties, not like anything big, but up until he was like three or four, but then after that. So, and we're really not big gift people just because we have so much extended family. I talked about this at Christmas time. There are grandparents and aunts and uncles who all bring presents and, you know, we've never lived in really big houses. So, and gift giving is neither Patrick nor my primary, it's our Bottom of the barrel love language. So, we decided a long, long time ago, I think probably when our kids were really, really little, that we were going to do birthday dates instead of birthday presents. So, we do a birthday date. The child gets to go on a birthday date with the opposite gendered parent. So, I take the boys out on or around their birthday. We also are not big families. We are not a family who super values the actual day. So our kids also get to get a birthday dinner made for them, but it almost never happens on the actual birthday. And then Patrick takes the girls out every once in a while, depending on the year and what the dynamic of the house is, you know, there's something special like an outing or, you know, someone will want to go see a movie and take a friend or something like that. Yeah. So we'll do something small, invite a friend along for an experience or something. And then we do ice cream cake is our big thing. We're not big cake, cake people. So that's pretty much what we do. And we do it with just our family living at our house. But, you know, that's anywhere from like seven to 12 people at a time, kind of big family like yours. So we're kind of a party no matter what.
0: Right, right. So I'm curious, Melissa, have you found that with your kids who came to you through adoption, Did you have to put more thought into how you approach birthdays or did you start to do anything differently? Well,
1: I mean, we added three kids in six months. We doubled the size of our family. And so there was just a lot of upheaval. We stuck with the birthday date thing, but it was interesting. You know, not all of our kids could accept it the same way. You know, we never really gave them a choice and they never put up a huge, huge fight. but we definitely have a couple kids who are less excited about the prospect of having to go out to dinner with mom or dad.
0: Yeah, cuz for some of our kids that's not really comfortable. You know, they they don't they're not ready for closeness. They're not ready for that specialness of being out with just one parent and it might just feel too close, too in, intimate, but maybe that's not quite the right word, but I know you you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we just had to kind of take that in stride. That's been interesting to think about something we didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, And then, you know, one of our kids is really sensitive to kind of increased anticipation around anything. So we started to learn that holidays and birthdays increased anxiety. And that looked like, sometimes more aggressive behaviors, you know, a more fragile child, someone who didn't have as high of a tolerance for not getting their way or whose bar had to be lowered because, you know, this child was particularly incapable of reaching a higher bar. You know, the way that respect looked or using words was just a little bit edgier. Sometimes it took us a while to figure that out, you know, because... I wouldn't necessarily be thinking about a birthday coming up in two weeks. And so all of a sudden the behavior would start to go off the rail and I would think, what the heck is going on? And then, you know, it would kind of come to me and the more years we did it, the more we were attuned to it, but we weren't expecting that either.
0: I think what would be useful for our listeners is if we talked through some of the things that we've learned through the years of celebrating birthdays particularly with our kids who came to us through foster care and adoption, because it's a unique experience. It's different. And um, I think we've both learned a lot along the way. So why don't we go through some of those points, um, just sort of one by one. So the first thing, let's talk about uh, realistic expectations of a birthday. And we touched on that a little bit, Melissa, do you want to talk about that a little
1: yeah i you know i was coaching a local family here recently and the daughter had has only been home about 6 months and her birthday was at the beginning of the year and they had planned this birthday party at a local bouncy type place and invited some fr- new friends from school and she has a lot of extended family and so i remember sitting down with the mom and just saying just remember that it might not go As you're planning, you know, I know that she's really excited now to pick out her Elsa and Anna birthday plates. And, you know, she has her birthday list and all of these things. But it's not your job to make up for all the missed birthdays in this one birthday. And that just have low expectations that she might sit in a corner and be overwhelmed, or she might not talk to her friends from school, or she might only pick one and not include everyone. You know, there's so many things that can happen. And to just give our kids grace for all the things that they're handling, if we're doing a birthday celebration at a place that is higher on the sensory scale that that plays in, that just having the attention on them can be very overwhelming. They're managing big feelings about a birthday and all this extra attention. Our kids struggle socially sometimes. So they're juggling a lot. And sometimes we forget that. And so we have high expectations about how polite they're going to be and how thankful they're going to be for birthday presents and all of these things. So I think just having realistic expectations that our kids are juggling a lot, even though it might not seem so from the outside.
0: And I think not only realistic expectations for us as the parents, but helping the children have realistic expectations as well as to how we're going to celebrate this birthday. And... um, I think one of the things that's helpful for us is if we really lay it out step by step by step, this is what's going to happen. And so with a child having friends for a birthday party, especially, that that adds a big dynamic. But you're, I've had like parties where the kids came home after school. So you're going to come home with your friends. Mom's going to pick you up you're going to come home and we're going to have a snack and this is what it's going to be. And then after the snack, you're going to go play outside. Well, mom gets ready for the next part, you know, and I, and just talk through step by step by step of what is going to happen on this special birthday so that their expectations are realistic and that they can relax a little bit knowing what is coming next. Cause that's always been a big problem for my kids who had trauma. They're, they're always watching, they're, they're hypervigilant, they're hyper aware. And so the more we can bring that down by giving them uh, a sense and even a schedule. I mean, if you have to put it on the fridge, you know, at three o'clock, mom's going to pick you up at three we'll get to the house and we'll have a snack, you know, whatever it is. I think that that can help as well with some of that anxiety.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, Nancy on our Facebook group, commented about this, and she brought up a really good point, that birthday parties in American movies are over the top. And so some of our kids can't, some of our kids come to us at older ages, and they have certain perceptions of America, whether it be through TV or movies or social media, or just stories that other older kids told them or nannies told them. And so just laying it out very clearly, I think is really important.
0: Right. And kids who come to us through foster care, too, they may have experienced different kinds of birthdays in their lives. And, you know, we tend to think, well, probably their family of origin didn't do such a great birthday, but that could be completely wrong. They may be used to going to the bouncy place or doing something kind of big and exciting And like in our family, we don't really do that. We keep it simple. We keep it family oriented. We have a birthday dinner. We don't go out for a birthday dinner. So, you know, talking it through so that they know how this family does it, I think is really important.
1: Definitely. You do something with one of your sons, Lisa, and you did an Insta story about it around Christmas time, but I think it probably also works for birthdays. Can you share a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, actually, it happened first on his birthday. And so that was a really useful lesson. So one of my kids, first of all, surprises. He does not like them. They make him very uncomfortable. And so I've learned he really wants to pick out his own gifts. So either we'll choose something online and we'll order it together, or we'll actually, at Christmas time, we went shopping together, and he picked out all of his presents. So on this particular birthday, he, he knew what his gifts were for the most part. And the way we normally do it, the way we've done it for decades, is we have dinner, then we go into the family room, we open presents, and then we go back to the table for birthday cake. Well, as dinner was going on, he kept asking me questions. Did you get the present? Mom, is the present wrapped? Is, did you get the color I wanted? You know, and just all these questions. And everybody's at the table talking, and he's just really kind of miserable, to be honest. And so I said to him, would you like to just open your presents right now? And he said, yes. So in the midst of dinner, I just brought his presents to the table and I said, Hey, everybody, your brother's going to open his presents now. So right at the dinner table, he opened his presents. He really liked them. There were like two things, to be honest, because the one thing he wanted was this really expensive basketball backpack. And um, so he had that and he had like one other thing. He opened them everybody was like, oh, that's great. And then we went on and had the rest of dinner and he was so much happier and more relaxed. And so we needed to adapt. I guess that's part of what I want to talk about is we've got to adapt to meet the needs of these kids because their needs are different. And it was not the way we had ever done a birthday in 30 years of parenting. We had never let the birthday kid just open their presents at the dinner table. But It was what needed to be done for him. So I think some flexibility on our part and just an awareness of our children's ability to cope with the way we had thought it would be.
1: Yeah, I think that's really good. That flexibility, again, going back to expectations, even if we set out how it is going to be, we might need to rethink that in the moment depending on how everything's going. So I love that. Can you also, Lisa, talk a little bit about birth family. We have been, I'll be perfectly honest, terrible about honoring birth family at birthdays for a couple of reasons. I think our older kids, I don't think that they've really made the connection. Uh, Ethiopia doesn't really celebrate birthdays. They A lot of kids don't even know when their birthday is. And so this whole celebrating of a birthday is a c- completely new thing. So linking that to, you know, their actual birth and their birth family, it's a little bit you know, I think it doesn't always connect. They tend to think more about their birth culture and birth family at like Ethiopian holidays and things like that. Um, And then for our little guy, he just cognitively doesn't always put two and two together. So that hasn't been a big deal. Um, And we also celebrate airplane day, which is like family day. And so I think thinking about where you've come from to where you've, you know, where you are now has been a lot more reflective on birth family. But Lisa, do you guys think about birth family and celebrate birth family around birthdays?
0: I would say with some of our kids more than others, and in particular with Kalkidon, she. Um, I remember the year that she was turning eight and her birthday was coming and she was just getting more and more excited, but excitement can very quickly tip into dysregulation and go from being happy, excited to really, really not. And so we were concerned about it. And we happened to have an appointment with her therapist early in the week of her birthday. And we ended up spending the entire session talking about her birthday and what we could do to make it a happy day. And it was kind of a collaborative uh, discussion. And the therapist explained to Calcadon that, you know, a lot of kids think about their birth families on their birthdays and that can give them some sad feelings or even mad feelings. And those feelings can make it hard to have a special day. So her suggestion, which we followed, was that we would devote some time before Calcadon's birthday, the day before is what we end up doing, to talk about her Ethiopian family. And in particular, she suggested that we light a candle and remember and honor Calcadon's first mother. And so... I remember that night, Russ put the other kids to bed and I have, you know, a variety of different candles. And so I let Calcadon choose a candle and she put it on this pretty little tray and then Russ rejoined it. So it was just the three of us and Russ helped her light this candle and she curled up in her laps and we just talked. We talked about her birth family and how much her mother loved her and how precious she must have been and how her dimples match her sister's dimples, her sister who was a teenager still in Ethiopia, I think by doing that the day before it freed her like that was sort of complete, and it freed her then to enjoy the actual day of her birthday. And um, I wrote a post about it, which we'll link to in the show notes. But it's so cute because on the very day of her birthday, she wanted a castle birthday cake. Birthday cake, and you know I'm I'm not super artsy craftsy, but we found a Castle birthday cake on we didn't even use I think it was from family fun magazine i this is like we weren't really into Pinterest or anything, but on the day that was actually her birthday, we had a lot of fun and she had friends over and she had this fantastic castle cake that you can see if you want to see it in the that post and i I think my overall thought about that is that birthdays can bring up a lot of feelings and they may not all be happy feelings. And so if we can give our children an opportunity to honor their birth family, we should do it. They might say, no, you know, no, I don't want to do that, which is fine. But giving them the opportunity is what's important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And some of us are in open adoptions, and there might be birth family who wants to celebrate with your children or child as well. So I think a lot of those points still apply, you know, thinking about the timing, you know, it doesn't all have to happen on the birthday. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off Um, having clear and open communication with your child's birth family about, you know, gift ideas or, or limits or, you know, scheduling and outing. Um, We talked in a couple episodes back about having boundaries with birth family, if necessary, how to include them, but still keep keep it safe and keep it realistic and manageable. Um, So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. You know, our kids, you know, just logistically thinking about that um, is a big deal for us. So again, just going back to all the things and big feelings that our children are managing, especially if you're in an open adoption, just adds extra layers So be kind to yourself.
0: You know, we got a question or a comment actually about that also in our Facebook group from Jen. She said, my daughter saw birth family on birthdays for several years after finalization. When they stopped contacting us and the birthday visit stopped, it was a painful reminder of what was lost. This year, they asked to call her on her birthday. Initially, she was excited, but then emotions overwhelmed and she panicked and she asked to wait. It's so many emotions to process, making the day more exhausting than enjoyable for her and I worry. Yeah. I mean, there's
1: just, there's no, there aren't easy answers to a lot of what we're walking through and we do the best we can and we pay attention to our kids and what they're telling us with their words and their behaviors and, you know, bring in the advice and the counsel of, you know, our mental health providers and our social workers and other families who have walked similar journeys.
0: I think also if you are celebrating with um, first families in addition to your family, you know, maybe we need to be talking about it more as birthday week or birthday weekend or something so that it doesn't feel like it all has to happen on the same day. So we can have birthday dinner like we do. And then the next day we could meet first families, birth families, and do something special with them. So it doesn't all have to be incorporated into one thing. It, it's okay to have this celebration over a couple of days in order to meet the needs of our kids and to incorporate other family members who do love them.
1: Yeah. And again, I think we can frame it too. some kids will f- still feel a lot of big emotions, but, you know, frame it as you get to have a birthday week because there's so many people that want to celebrate you. And that is something that not all kids get to have, you know, not all families want their kids to have a birthday week, but we, you know, we're going to do a birthday, you know, a gift opening thing, and a birthday dinner thing, and a first family thing. So, you know, just look at all the ways that we get to celebrate how loved you are, and how precious you are. So I think that's really important, too. You know, there are a couple other just random things around birthdays that have come up in our journey. Um, One is our kids were told a lot of stories about turning 18 at 18, your family was going to kick you out. You're going to be on your own. And obviously 18 has a lot of implications here in the States legally, but it doesn't have to mean something practically, you know, there's nothing magical at 18 that you have to pack your bags and leave. So just knowing that it took a long time for our daughter to come out and tell us that she was really worried about that. And every birthday that was part of the birthday drama was every birthday meant she was a year closer to 18 and that was terrifying to her. And so of course we brought kids home who are a little bit older and they were pretty close to 18, you know, just four or five, six years away from it. Um, and, and she was even stressed about her older siblings turning 18. So everything about the 18th birthday, not just for her, but for everyone else stressed her out. And so every time one of her, older siblings would have her birthday and they would get closer to 18. And every time she would have her birthday and they, and she would get closer to 18. There was so much anxiety and angst and behavior that went with that. So just knowing that again, there's so many things that drive how our kids react to something. And so that's something that was true for us. So maybe that was, is true for you guys as well. Did you have any of that?
0: No, I don't think we have. In fact, I hadn't thought of it until you mentioned it, which really points to the fact that all of our kids are different and our families are different. And so it reminds me that we have to be curious about our kids. We have to be curious about their behavior. And we have to, if they'll talk with us, we can ask questions. You know, like, gosh, it, it seems like this birthday is worrying you. Can you tell me anything about that? You know, because we can't assume that we know why they're behaving the way they are, because we don't know. And um, so if we can remain curious and open to whatever it is that they need to share with us, I think it can go a long way toward understanding.
1: Yeah. And they might not come out and say directly, you might have to find little clues or, you know, we have figured a lot of things out by just overhearing conversations between siblings. A lot of times siblings talk about these things more openly than with parents and, you know, just little Just little things, little verbal hints here and there. Sometimes it takes us a while to put all the pieces together, but it is super helpful when you're playing detective and you do get a little clue and figure that out. We had a Facebook friend also write that her kids don't struggle as much with their own birthdays as much as they struggle with her birthday so Jana said she tries not to bring her birthday to anyone's attention and that has worked well. I mean, this makes me sad just because there's so many things that we do as parents, right, to help our kids, a lot that we've had to switch and give up. But I know that this is a thing, you know, our kids being able to hold attention for other people's celebrations, not just parent birthdays, but sibling birthdays, that can be a struggle as
0: well. It can. And I think it's really important in that sort of situation to figure out what it is that will bring you joy for your birthday. And maybe it's having lunch with friends without kids. Just, you know, maybe telling your kids it's your birthday is not the best or just mentioning it in passing and maybe not doing the big family dinner because it brings up too much challenging behavior. But make sure that you still are celebrating in a way that's meaningful to you because, you know, moms, you matter, you, your birthdays actually do matter and you matter. And so it's okay to find an alternative way to celebrate than maybe with your kids.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, buy yourself something great or take yourself out, have lunch with a friend, you know, maybe do something the weekend before or the weekend after, but yes, don't let it slide by without adding a little joy to your life. Well, We are headed to refresh next week. Because of that, we will not be producing a podcast. So we invite you to join us on Instagram. We'll be insta storying there, and you can follow along. Um, We are at the Adoption Connection on Instagram. I'm sure. We may be hanging out in the Facebook group a little too, but those are the places where you can find us next week. We'll take a week off for the podcast and then we'll be back the week after with another really great interview.
0: Yes, and if you're going to be at Refresh, be sure to let us know because we want to uh, let you know about a time when we're going to try to meet up and gather and maybe even get a group picture. So we would love to know if you're going to be at Refresh. And you know what's really funny, you guys, is that, Melissa and I are going to meet in person. Is this the first time yes. in person? That is so crazy. It just occurred to me while I was talking. I feel like we have known each other so long and we know each other so well because we spend a lot of time working on the Adoption Connection and the podcast and our writing and everything else, but we're going to get to meet for the first time. So that is going to be really special.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can figure a way to Insta Story that, but um, it will be fun <laughs> if you are going to be at Refresh and you want to connect with us. We're thinking dinner one night, maybe or lunch meeting up for a couple minutes and then doing a picture. Go ahead. We've set up a little text group, so go ahead and text the in the phone number field. Put the numbers eight ten ten, and then in the te- text message, just put at like the little at sign and. T-A for the adoption, the adoption, and then connect. So T- at T-A connect to the number eight ten ten, And then we'll use that to text you guys once we get out there to refresh and let you know where we are going to meet up. Um, we want you to be able to be a part of that. And we want to meet as many of you as possible. So,
0: And we'll put those instructions in the show notes too.
1: We will. So speaking of show notes, the link to – The episode where we talked about birth family, the link to Lisa's blog post about Calcadon honoring her birth family, and the instructions for how to hook up with us at Refresh will be at the show notes. You can head to those by going to theadoptionconnection.com slash 29.
0: Before you go, we'd love to connect with you on social media. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram as The Adoption Connection. Thanks so much
1: for listening. We love having you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick review over on iTunes. It will help us reach more moms who may be feeling alone.
0: And remember, until next week, you're a good mom doing good work and we're here for you.
1: The music for the podcast is called New Day and was created by Lee Rosevier.